What is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 61 of my little hockey show where once a week or every other week in the summertime, I go through the NHL, go through all the news and, and, and the stuff, and I generally focus in on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames, but I can talk about any of the 32 teams. It's, it's all good, but those are my two favorite teams, okay? So... We got a lot to catch up on because I didn't do an episode last week. It was a little bit of a light news week. I was a little busy. So let's fucking, let's get in here. So Eric Carlson is now a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins in a massive three-team trade involving the San Jose Sharks and the Montreal Canadiens. Holy shit. So let's, let's break this thing down. So Pittsburgh Penguins acquire... Eric Carlson, $1.5 million retained. Rem Pitlick, Dylan Hammerlyuk, Sharks third round pick in 2026. So, not too bad right there. Now, as, as far as I can tell, $1.5 million is all that was retained on this contract. So, I mean, Greer in San Jose, he stood by that. He was not going to go to 40% or above, and he, he did it. So, fucking congratulations. But Pittsburgh... How do we feel about Eric Carlson joining that blue line? I mean, it's it's it'll help in certain areas for sure, like the power play, which I mean, Pittsburgh has been struggling a little bit the last couple seasons with their power play, which is a little bit shocking considering they have Crosby, Malkin, Latang, but now you got Eric Carlson, so you would imagine that the Penguins um power play is going to get better. In terms of their defense, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say we all know Eric Carlson is not a very good defensive defenseman. So, I don't know. Maybe they have a guy on their blue line that they can pair with him. I'm trying to think of the of the Penn's blue line right now. I, I mean, I don't even know if Dumlin's there anymore. But, like, they're, they're going to want to have someone that's going to be very defensively responsible if they're going to have... Um, Whoever they're going to have with Eric Carlson, it would be a awful idea to have Eric Carlson pair up with Chris Letang, right? So that I doubt that would ever happen, and I would have to think that Carlson's going to get onto the top power play. But maybe the Penguins go old school with the power play, and they go like Crosby, Malkin, Gunsel, and then Letang, uh, Carlson have two defensemen on the back end. I mean, that's how it always used to be done, but yeah. So they also get Rem Pitlick. I. Th- think he's a defenseman I can't I don't remember Dylan Hammerluck I don't know who that is and they also get a third round pick in 2026 I mean that's not nothing it's it's nothing right now but in two years that will be something so I don't hate it for Pittsburgh honestly I'm just extremely happy that the Leafs didn't do this because that's just I don't think that would help out the Leafs very much in um, what they need but for Pittsburgh I mean it's they want to try they're desperately trying to get back into the playoffs. I feel like Dubas has added some pretty nice pieces. You got Nolachari, you brought in Riley Smith, now you got Eric Carlson. I mean chances are they're they're definitely going to be in the mix, but I can't say that bringing in Eric Carlson is going to guarantee the Pittsburgh Penguins a playoff spot. It's definitely going to be a very very interesting season for the Penguins. Last year was an anomaly, I think, on the on the radar in terms of injuries because um, Malkin was healthy, Crosby was healthy, and Latang was not that healthy. But the year before he was, so I don't know if they could you know count on getting that lucky again that any or none of those guys get injured this year. I think it's almost kind of built into the system at this point with Penns fans that you know Malkin, Crosby, Latang, they're gonna miss time at some point. So there is that. So I mean, it's an improvement for the Penguins. They are adding in 
uh, Eric Carlson, a 100-point defenseman, and all they've lost is, well, we'll go to the Montreal side for this. So in terms of Montreal, they pick up the Penguins' second-round pick in 2025, Jeff Petrie at 25% retained, Casey DeSmith, and Nathan Lagarde. So very interesting. I love the I love Jeff Petrie going back to Montreal. That's awesome. His little stay there in Pittsburgh was a disaster. It just did not work out. So, I mean, Habs fans are probably going to be pretty happy to be getting Jeff Petrie back. That's that's not bad. I like that. I mean, his contract is god awful, but it's not like Montreal is is competitive right now anyway, so I'm good with that. And they're adding in Casey DeSmith. Very very interesting right here. So, Casey DeSmith He's shown flashes of being pretty good, and then other times he's not so good. Montreal, they are looking for someone to grab that that starting goaltender role. I think they still have Jake Allen if he's not hurt or something. Montembeau, it's like, uh, is he or isn't he going to make it? He's still not quite there. And then Casey DeSmith, I would kind of group him into a similar situation as Montembeau. Like, he's pretty young still. There's still some upside there. It's just he's got to grab it and hang on to it. I think the big problem with Casey DeSmith has been consistency. He's got to just continue to play good. If that if he can do that in Montreal, that would be a huge help for the, for the abs, for the Habs. Yeah, not the abs, Habs. So I like what they did. I mean... You're, you're getting in Jeff Petrie. If he could play like Jeff Petrie did in Montreal, that's that's going to be good for them. And if Casey DeSmith can get in there, play some games, you know, it's going to be good. I don't I don't hate what Montreal did here. Now over to San Jose. So San Jose gets Pittsburgh Penguins' first-round pick in 2024. This is top 10 protected. Very smart. A lot of people, you know, that's kind of the thing now ever since Ottawa got fucked over not protecting their pick and, and Colorado ended up getting a very good player. They bring in Michael Granlin, Jan Ruda, and Mike Hoffman. So Hoffman coming over from Montreal, Mike Mikhail Granlin coming out from Pittsburgh, and I imagine the Pens fans are very, very happy to get rid of that Michael Granlin contract. Came over from Nashville. He did absolutely nothing, and it was just it just wasn't a good fit for him. Mike Hoffman, you know, he might be able to pop it. Maybe he can get 20 goals for San Jose. He's 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 always been known to be able to put in some goals. I mean, he's definitely fallen off ever since he's left Ottawa but you know it's it's I mean San Jose is going to be dead last more than likely this season so I don't think they really care if Michael Granlin can you know if he plays like he did in Pittsburgh so what then they'll just increase their odds of getting a good pick if he can get back to a 50 point kind of guy then fantastic they also bring in Jan Ruda who I believe is a defenseman so I mean depth might not not a big deal so that's the trade it finally goes down and I don't know. I, I was expecting it maybe to be a little bit bigger. I was definitely in the mindset that it was going to have to be a three-team deal because just the the prospects that were out there, they just did, they didn't have the money. I mean, Carolina kind of has the money, but you know, but this is it. This is how it goes down with a three-team trade. A lot of money getting moved around. I mean, Mike Hoffman's like five million. Jeff Petrie's a lot of money. Obviously, Eric Carlson's eleven million dollars is on the move. I'm incredibly impressed at the three teams here getting this deal done. Very impressed with Greer and what he did. I mean, it's not the greatest return in terms of you're trading a 100-point defenseman away and all you're getting back is a top 10 protected pick and like a couple of minor players that aren't really going to move the needle all that much. But it that just goes to show how bad that Eric Carlson contract is. And even with that 100-point season... 
on his belt right now. People, I don't think, are still 100% convinced with Eric Carlson. I'm guessing that Kyle Dubas is because he's he brought him in. So is Eric Carlson going to be a 100-point defenseman in Pittsburgh? I mean, the fact that he put up 100 points in San Jose and they were god-awful, I mean, you would think so, but... I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, 100 points is incredibly hard to do as a defenseman. I, I would be on, on the mindset that he's probably not going to hit 100 points, but I can see Eric Carlson, as long as he's healthy and everything, be around a point-of-game player, maybe even higher than point-of-game. So I think it's going, it's going to help the Penguins. I just don't know if it's going to get them to the playoffs. In terms of San Jose, it makes them a substantially worse team, so that's great for their positioning. And the Montreal Canadiens, I don't know. They just kind of... They get a second-round pick out of it. They were just kind of there utilizing what they have in terms of cap space. You're you're utilizing that, and you're getting stuff back. So there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe they can move Jeff Petrie at the trade deadline. Maybe they can move Casey to Smith. So there's, I, I like a lot of what was going on with this trade, clearly. But let me know what you guys thought of that trade. Who do you think wins it? I mean, I don't like calling out who wins or loses a trade before we even get to see anybody on the ice, but... You know, the, the easiest thing to say is that, I mean, the Penguins got the best player available in the trade. So they win it today, but we'll see about tomorrow and so on and so forth. So now that we got the Eric Carlson contract and the, and, the, and the trade all out of the way, let's talk about some signings. We have a lot to catch up on here. So I'm going to continue on from July 26th. And we're going to talk about Sebastian Ajo. If I already talked about him, my apologies, but I want to talk about Sebastian Ajo again. He gets the eight-year contract, $9.75 million, $78 million total, 26 years old, center, fantastic deal to get this guy locked in at under $10 million. May not be the most eye-popping player for some people, but Sebastian Ajo, if he was on a team like Toronto, Tampa Bay, uh, offensively-minded team. I could see Sebastian Ajo being a 100-point player, but he's in a very defensively-minded system in Carolina, so he, he gets around a point a game. He's a very, very, very good player, and that contract makes me very happy. For If I was a Carolina fan, I would be... I'd be over the moon with that deal. Fantastic. So it looks like Sebastian Ajo will be a lifelong Carolina Hurricane, and that is cool. Calgary Flames signed their first-round pick from this past draft, Samuel Honzek. Three years. Congratulations and welcome to the NHL. I hope that... I don't know if he's going to like make it into the lineup this year. There are spots available for younger players to step in, but there's... Uh, Kind of a little bit of a, a queue lined up here for other young players looking for opportunities in Calgary. But Hanzek, you know, honestly, don't know a whole lot about this guy. No one was really talking about him when he got drafted. There's just not a whole lot of information on him. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But I'm very excited for him. Arizona, we got some good news. Logan Cooley signs his entry-level deal with the Arizona Coyotes for three years. So congratulations. Wait, welcome to the NHL. And a good chance that he will be playing for the Arizona Coyotes this season. He seems like he's NHL ready to go. So could be seeing Logan Cooley in the Arizona Coyotes jersey this season. And we got a big signing here for Ottawa. Vladimir Tarasenko is off the free agency market. He is joining the Ottawa Senators for one year, $5 million, the 31-year-old right winger. There you go, man. There's your, pretty much your your Debrincat replacement in a way. I think in the combination of Kubelik and Tarasenko, you're going to get more goals than Debrincat was providing you. I think you only put up like 26, 28 goals. I think combined Tarasenko and Kubelik are going to give you more than that. So I'm good with that. And I can't say I saw, I 
even I don't think I heard anything about Tarasenko going to Ottawa. I thought it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be a Ranger, but I, I guess he wants money, and he got money from Ottawa, five million dollars, fair deal. I mean, it's one year; you can't really, you know, there's there's not much risk to that. If it's if it's bad, it's only for one year. If it's good. Well, then you're probably going to have to pay him a little bit more, or you're going to have to lose him. But again, if this doesn't go well with Ottawa and they're not in a playoff spot, they could trade him at the trade deadline and get something back for him. No problem. So I like that signing for Vladimir Tarasenko. Don't think he'll be getting like 30 goals or anything, but I think it's safe to say, as long as he stays healthy and everything, 20 goals should be pretty safe to say. Buffalo signs their rookie, Zach Benson, to an entry-level deal. Congratulations. Arizona signs Jack McBain. Two years, $1.6 million. I think this was one of the players that went to arbitration. And, I mean, for two years, $1.6. Can't go wrong with that. He's only 23 years old. Apparently a center. So, good signing right there. Montreal signs Jesse Yolanin for League Min. New Jersey signs Kevin Ball. Two years, $1 million. I believe he is uh is he really really tall is he that really really tall guy let me take a look at mr kevin ball six foot six yeah you know he's pretty fucking big that's for sure i um i just get uh, caught up on that name of uh kevin ball because that was the name of the guy in shameless anyway nick aberzizi toronto maple leafs they re-sign him for two years 1.55 million dollars per season so a little bit, you know, I'm, my eyebrow raised a little bit at that 1.55. That is a variable contract if things go wrong or anything. Um, we haven't seen a lot of Nick Abrazizi. I mean, I was hoping to see him last season. He didn't get into the lineup. And there's a very good chance that he's going to get into the lineup this year. Or at least he's going to get a really good opportunity to try and get into that bottom six. Can't really see him getting into the top six. But bottom six, depth forward, sure. Why not? Philip Gustafson gets his contract with the Minnesota Wild. Three years, $3.75 million per. Wow, what a fucking deal that is. Philip Gustafson had, I think, the best stats in the league last year in terms of goaltending. He had uh, outstanding goals against, outstanding save percentage. He played fantastic for the Minnesota Wild last year, probably making the Ottawa Senators you know, scratch their head, being like, why did we trade this guy away? And at $3.75 million, if he can do anything close to what he did last year, bargain absolute bargain i'm a little bit surprised he only got 3.75 so if i was a minnesota fan i'd be very very happy with that deal he's only 25 years old so he's potentially just entering his prime right now and if his prime is the numbers that he was putting up last season holy shit that's going to be one of the best deals in the league with philip gustison holy shit Trent Frederick and Jeremy Swayman are signed now for the Boston Bruins. Jeremy Swayman gets a one-year deal. He went to arbitration. He got $3.475 million, which, I mean, uh, I definitely like the Philip Gustafson deal a whole lot more than that one. Jeremy Swayman's a really good goalie. Don't get me wrong. He gets he definitely gets overshadowed by Allmark right there. I mean, if if Allmark wasn't there, I mean, Jeremy Swayman would be the, uh, excuse me, the number one goaltender, and he'd be a really good goalie. He's a great goalie. 24 years old. It's only one year, so, you know, he, he's going to have to show the Bruins that he is the real deal. And then, I mean, it puts a lot of question marks on Allmark. Like, what are they going to do? Like, Jeremy Swayman's clearly ready to go. Allmark's a great goalie. He had an unbelievable year last year. Will he be able to replicate that? More than likely not, but... 
I mean, it's a great tandem. They're going to try and keep that tandem for as long as they can, I would imagine. But at some point, Jeremy Swayman's going to want the net, even though their relationship, Allmark and Swayman's relationship, seems very, very tight. They hug and all that great stuff. There's only, I mean, it's a competitive game. You're going to want to get into those games, and we'll see how it goes. It's going to be very interesting to see how it goes with Allmark and Swayman in Boston. Trent Frederick... He gets a two-year deal, $2.3 million per season, 25-year-old right winger. Not bad, not great, but I'm fine with that. Trent Frederick had some pretty good moments there last season with the Bruins. Rangers signed Brandon Scanlon for one-year league minimum. Ryan McLeod gets re-signed with the Edmonton Oilers, avoiding arbitration, I do believe. $2.1 million per season for two years. 23-year-old center, Ah, man, I really don't know a lot about this Ryan McLeod guy. He got about 23 points last year in 57 games. Not horrible, but it's not like the most eye-popping thing, like, oh, we have to have this guy, but he's a young player. Edmonton's going to need those young players to step up big for them this season. So, yeah, he's he's going to be there. Hopefully he can provide some good scoring for the Edmonton Oilers this season. Don't think he's going to crack into that top six, but more than likely bottom six player. We got Drew O'Connor. He re-signs two years, 925000 with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Troy Terry, he avoids arbitration, signs a seven-year deal worth $7 million per season. 25-year-old right winger, man, I'm, I'm good with this deal. He was asking for eight or something like that, and I think uh, the Anaheim Ducks were wanting to give him around like $5 million. So they were definitely a little bit off there in terms of money. But I like Troy Terry, man. It's taken him a while to get here. But last two seasons, I mean, 21-22, he put up 37 goals. Last season with the Ducks, only 23 goals, which was tied for the lead on the Ducks last season with with Zegras, who's still not signed as, as of me recording this. I mean, he's a good player, man. Seven might be a little bit high, but a 60-point guy. He's gotten 60 points the last two seasons. I think it's going to be a... It's definitely going to be a deal you're going to want to keep your eye on because um, uh, it, it could, I mean, it all depends. Once the Ducks start to come together and more young players start to come up, maybe Troy Terry starts to move down the lineup and his point production goes down and then that contract looks really bad. But I would say for right now, I think it's safe to say that Troy Terry should bounce back next season, get probably closer to that 30 goal mark again. I think the 37... I don't think like he'll be a 40-goal kind of guy, but I think he's in and around 25 to 30 goals. At $7 million, you could definitely do worse than that. Look at Jeff Skinner. Rasmus Kupari re-signs with the Winnipeg Jets. Two years, $1 million per season. That's a pretty damn good deal right there. 23-year-old center, can't go wrong with that. Tom Wilson re-signs with the Washington Capitals. Makes me a little sad, which means he probably won't get traded anywhere. Seven years, $6.5 million per season for the 29-year-old right winger. I mean, it's that's a fair deal, man. That's a really, really fair deal. I mean, he's he's had some really good years. Last year was a disaster with injuries. He only got into 33 games, put up 22 points. The year prior, 24 goals. So it's not so much the point production you're paying for here with Tom Wilson. You're paying for his aggressiveness, his checking, his intimidation level, and all that stuff, his leadership. So, I mean, as long as he's got to stay healthy next year for it, or they're going to be, you know, people are going to already get all over him about the deal and everything. 6.5, I mean, it's... 
I don't know. I, again, I think it's just a really fair deal in terms of, like, if he went to, if he wanted to go to market, easily Tom Wilson could probably snag $8 million or more on the free market because he's going to be one of the most wanted types of players in the league right now. So, I mean, good for Washington to lock him up. I, I, I don't know if he's going to stay there that whole entire time because I just can't see the Washington Capitals being a very competitive team for very much longer. And it all depends if Tom Wilson wants to be a part of that or not. So good for Tom Wilson. Happy that he's getting a contract, but I'm sad he's not going to be a Leaf. Samuel Urson signs his contract extension. That's a goaltender. Two years, $1.45 million. Don't know a thing about the guy. My apologies. Matt Dumba, baby. He is off the board. He's heading to Arizona, the place I fucking knew he was going. I knew you were going to be a freaking Arizona Coyote. $3.9 million for one year for the 29-year-old defenseman. Right-handed defenseman, by the way. So, a little bit surprised it took Matt Dumba to find a home. uh, That it took this long to find a home. And... Not making as much money as I thought he was going to make. I honestly thought he was going to get around what he was making before. Like five and a half, six million dollars. I thought someone would give him that. 3.9 for, yeah, dude, that is a really nice signing right there for Arizona. Again, they want to get more competitive and adding him, adding Matt Dumba to your blue line. It's not the most amazing defenseman, but a pretty solid, like, 5-4 defenseman. Is he a top four defenseman? Eh, I maybe. I don't know. I really like Matt Dumba. Always liked Matt Dumba all the way. I used to watch him in the juniors. Fucking lighting people up with massive fucking body checks. Loved it. So uh, nice to see Matt Dumba has a home. I uh, just probably will never see him again and if he keeps staying in Arizona. And we'll finish it off with Alex Stalock signing an 800000 uh, dollar deal one year for with the Anaheim Ducks. I like that. Alex Stalock played really fucking good, man. I think Alex Stalock is super underrated. I think he could get a lot more money than that, but I think for uh, backup goaltender Alex Stalock, pretty darn good. Unless I'm thinking of some other goaltender, but which I very well could be. I don't know. Okay, and we have a couple more signings just coming in today. We got one for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Martin Jones, baby. He is now a part of the Toronto Maple Leafs signing for one year, $875,000. So, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm good with this. I, I think it's pretty good. Really no risk to that one, even though, I mean, Martin Jones has not played very well in terms of save percentage and stuff like that for quite a handful of seasons now. He's really been struggling to maintain a save percentage over 900, which in today's NHL is not very good. Though last year when he played with the Kraken, he put up a pretty damn nice looking record in terms of win-loss percentage. win-loss. Won a lot of games, didn't do it in very pretty fashion all the time, but I like the signing for the Leafs. If one of the goaltenders goes down, it also solidifies just the goaltending in general. I mean, we're, it was a little bit shaky. I imagine people aren't fully on the Joseph Wall train just yet. I'm I'm pretty much on there. I, I'm aboard. I got my ticket. I'm ready to go with Joseph Wall. I think he's going to be a good goaltender, but it's never it's never a bad idea to have a safety net. And Martin Jones for that price, I'm I'm totally fine with that. If he goes in there and he sucks, so be it. But if he can go in there, even if he plays bad, but if he can get the wins. That is very good. That's important, and that's what he was—he sh- showed he was able to do with the Kraken last year. He was a big help for the Kraken getting there. Didn't do anything for the Kraken in the playoffs, though, so 
I doubt we're going to be seeing him in the playoffs, but we never know. I mean, goaltending, it's so up and down. I mean, Samsonov could fall off a cliff. He could be a Vesna candidate this year. We don't know until the season begins, but the Toronto Maple Leafs making me feel a little bit more comfy now with the goaltending situation. I mean, they're not, I wouldn't consider any of those goaltenders elite. I would consider Samsonov a starter. Joseph Wall, I mean, it's kind of like maybe a fringe starter backup and then Martin Jones, I say a full-on backup. But it's a not it's not it's I mean, it's not the best uh, trio in the league, that's for sure, but it's not it's definitely better than it was. So, I mean, welcome to the Toronto Maple Leafs Martin Jones. That's that's not bad at all. I'll take it. I'll take it. And then uh Cal Foot signs with the New Jersey Devils. Quite interesting. I mean, I thought he was with the um, Tampa Bay Lightning for a while there. But, I mean, yeah, you could just sign another young. Uh, I don't know how much of potential he's going to have left. Let's just take a look here. So, he's 24 years old now. So, in terms of defense, you're prob- he's probably at what he is. So, maybe just a depth defenseman. He could just be playing in the AHL for the for the Devils this year, they are pretty fucking stacked, but I mean, it, you can't go wrong with that signing. It's league men and stuff like that, so no risk with that. So maybe it turns out to be decent, or maybe he just turns out to be a solid AHL option or a seven eighth option. Maybe it never hurts to have. You can go through so many defensemen in the playoffs. Look at the Pittsburgh Penguins when they won it. Ron Hainsey was their top guy. They just went through so many injuries and no. No real offense to Ron Hainsey. He was a pretty solid Toronto Maple Leaf. They just used him wrong. Anyway, let's talk about... So since I teased this uh, last time, I uh, I want to do this. So let's talk about my 10 favorite non-active players. So players that are no longer playing in the NHL. Players that I grew up loving and, and so on and so forth. I also have a list of my favorite players that are currently playing. But we'll see how much time we have to play with here today. And maybe we'll save that for next week. So... We'll start at the top here at number 10, and this guy, I mean, I definitely did not like him at the beginning. He was on a rivalry team. Though he wasn't, like, the main focus of my hatred on that team, that person was Daniel Alfredson, but this guy has just entered my heart, and I don't know if he's ever going to leave it, and that guy is Jason Spezza, which is a little, it's a little bit alarming, I understand, because he was such a... He played for the Sens for a long time, and he did a lot of damage to the Toronto Maple Leafs, especially when he was on that incredible line with Danny Alfredson, Danny Heatley, and and himself. I mean, that line was destruction, especially against those awful Toronto Maple Leaf teams back in, like, 07 and stuff. Oh, my God. But Jason Spezza leaves the Ottawa Senators. He goes to Dallas, and, you know, it was fine. It seemed like his career was winding down, and then he shows up for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and oh my god, from day one, I fell in love with this guy, I always like, kinda liked him, especially because of the goofy laugh he has, just, oh, and ever since I saw that video, I was always like, oh, you know what, Jason Spence is not that bad, maybe he's pretty cute, and then when he became a Leaf, that was it, like, just the, the, the amount of passion that he had as a Toronto Maple Leaf, you can just tell how much he loved being there, and man, that time in the playoffs, he was just a performer in the playoffs for us. And there was never any expectations out of Spezza, but he just 
over-delivered every single season that he played. And I think he was only here for three seasons. Sadly, we never got very far in the playoffs with him. It was only, we never got past the first round. And the first year they made it out to the second round, he was in the office at this point. But I'm so happy that he has stuck around. Scared that he might, wait, I think he did leave with uh, Dubas. But anyway, I, I love Jason Spezza. And goddamn, did he ever climb into my heart? He made it into the top 10. That's uh, fucking impressive. Jason Spezza, love that guy. Next up, we got a goaltender and quite possibly and arguably the greatest goaltender to ever stack a pair of pads. And that guy is the dominator. It's Dominic Hasek. I mean, oh my goodness. I would say it's it's a toss-up between him and Patrick Waugh. We all know that Martin Brodeur is a phenomenal goaltender as well. Just in terms of entertainment and all that stuff, Dominic Hasek might be, is, uh, he just gotta be, might the most entertaining goaltender I've ever seen. He's just so sporadic, so crazy, doing things that you've never seen before, and goalies rarely ever, like, you don't see goalies doing that kind of stuff nowadays, that's for sure, just throwing themselves around, sporadic, just sprawled out all the time, going to the blue line for insane poke checks, and oh my god. Now, I do believe Dominic Hasek did win the cup with the Detroit Red Wings in 08, I, but we all know uh, Dominic Hasek in his, in his time with the Buffalo Sabres. We can all, you know, we might recall the 1999 Stanley Cup Finals and Buffalo versus Dallas and Brett Hull's foot being in the crease and all that crap. I mean, it's very disappointing that, that the, the Sabres never won a Stanley Cup with Dominic Hasek, but... Jesus, that guy was good. Just look at the Vesnas he won. He won so many Vesnas, so many... I don't know if there was Jennings then. I believe he's won an... Um, uh, if he didn't win a heart, he definitely should have because that guy... I don't know if the Sabres would have made the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs any of those years if they didn't have Dominic Hasek back there. God, that guy was so cool. And he had a unique goalie mask that I don't think I've ever seen anyone wear anything quite like that. Now, it didn't pop out to me when I was uh, younger. I thought it was kind of, uh, wasn't super into it when I was younger. I just thought it was more like, uh, it looked like the kind of hockey mask that uh, the like kids would wear in junior hockey and stuff like that with a big cage on it. But it's definitely grown on me over time. And Dominic Kasich, pretty much from the beginning, uh, I've had a love affair with goaltenders ever since I saw them for the first time. I just thought goalies were the coolest thing ever. And Dominic Kasich was absolutely insane, man. Some of the craziest saves. Just look up Dominic Kasich highlights if you've never seen the guy. It's incredible. You've, you'll probably never see a goalie quite like him because of the way that it just is now. Like, goalies, he almost seemed like a self-taught goaltender. Like, he just ma- fucking did whatever he had to do to make the save. And now goalies are very, what do you call it, uh, systematic and, and trained very, very well now. And they're all kind of positionally sound and all this stuff. Dominic Hasek, I mean, goddamn, dude. I, I really miss watching that guy play. He was amazing. And pretty much, like, everywhere that he went... They became contenders. I remember he was there in Ottawa there for a hot second. And, geez, I thought, I fuck, I think that might have been the year they went to the finals. And, I, again, just another finals appearance if, if he was there that he didn't get it quite done. And, whew, Dominic Hasek, goddamn. I would say, oh, it's so close between him and Patrick Waugh, which one is the greatest goaltender of all time in my books. But not my favorite, though. He's not my favorite, but he's definitely up there. Next up, we have Brian Leach. Oh, Jesus, man. I'll never forget. It's seared into my brain uh, that when the Leafs got him initially, I was 
I was very excited, even though I knew not very much about him, but the hype of Brian Leach coming in, it was all over, you know, Sportsnet and TSN and all that stuff. One of the greatest defensemen of all time. One of the few, I believe, that has cracked 100 points in a season. The guy is amazing. And the memory that is seared into my brain is, I believe it was Ed Belfour that was in net. He went out there, you know, at Belfour, he liked to go out and play the puck. He got caught, and wide open cage, going in, and there, boom, Brian Leach shows up with his two feet together, makes the save, clutch as fuck, and... I know that he, uh, Brian Leach might not be the most favored guy in terms of, of Leaf fans because, I don't know, we were a little bit robbed of Brian Leach because of the lockout happened. He was supposed to be there for another year. We missed out on that uh, full season because the only he was only here for, I think, 15 games or something like that, but made an impact on me, and I just became a huge Brian Leach fan. Even though he didn't play all that much more after that, I just freaking loved the guy. I thought he was incredible, and... A little bit disappointed that I think he finished out there with the Bruins, which is uh, a little bit upsetting. Next up, we have Mike Bossy, who I think is probably the most, like, honestly, I think the guy's underrated. I think he's, I think, honest to God, he's the greatest goal scorer to ever lace them up. It was just injuries that, that, you know, even though he's a Hall of Famer, first ballot and all that stuff, he would have done so much more if the injury bug just didn't get a hold of him. The guy was a 50-goal, like, automatic, 50 goals minimum. Like, the guy was just 50, 50, 50, 50. Oh, my God, dude. He was incredibly good, and he was a part of the New York Islanders dynasty. And, again, another guy, if they didn't have Mike Bossy on those teams, who knows? I don't know if they would have won four in a row, but... God, just another player similar to Bobby Orr, incredible player. Just it would have been so much better if they, who knows what the like. It would maybe it would have been Ovechkin trying to make break Mike Bossy's record instead of Gretzky's record because the dude was that fucking good. If he just stayed healthy, man, like. Oh, God, I, I really enjoyed Mike Bossy. I had my little, um, when I do my little history thing, you know, you get on a little history bug and you go through all the history of the NHL. I got pretty big and very, very interested in the Islanders dynasty because it's just something that doesn't happen nowadays. You don't see teams winning four straight Stanley Cups, and they almost won a fifth. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals that fifth year and lost it to Edmonton, which is just batshit crazy. But Mike Bossy, man, that guy was freaking Awesome. Speaking of awesome, we got another goaltender, and this one was really tough, man. Like, I had to. It was really tough. There's two Colorado Avalanche that I'm absolutely smitten with, but I only wanted to put one of them on the list, and I'm I'm, I'm so sorry, St- uh, Joe Sackick. You're my, you're, I might just talk about fucking both of them. Screw it. This is a top 11. Joe Sackick and Patrick Waugh. So let's start with Joe Sackick. I mean, Captain Clutch, Captain... Oh, my God, I love this guy. He was so awesome. I uh, have the... 2002 Salt Lake uh, gold medal DVD, and I remember watching that and just fucking loving Joe Sackick. So clutch. One of the greatest wrist shots ever. I mean, oh my god. He's just a laser beam shot. He's almost kind of like McKinnon for me now. Uh, McKinnon's just such a joy to watch, and he's just so deadly. Everything that he's doing. And Joe Sackick, man, just a winner. I really enjoyed him because he was on the Nordiques as well, so that's... mm, I want the Nordiques. I'm one of those guys. I want the Nordiques back more than anything. I just... I know deep down it's probably never ever going to happen. And now Patrick Waugh. I mean, 
what a personality, man. Oh my goodness. There's so many good videos of Patrick Waugh that I've seen on the internet when he just like back when he's playing with the Habs and he just laid out a guy with a massive hit back there and just like winked at him. Such a badass. The time that he just decided I'm just going to try and score a goal and he goes up the freaking, he just starts skating with the puck. He deeks Gretzky, does a spinorama and then gets a penalty because he didn't know that you can't go across the red line. I mean, this dude is fucking awesome. He, when he was a coach for that fucking two year stint there and he like um, immediately he gets in the NHL, tries to start a fight with another coach. I mean, it was so freaking awesome talking shit about Matt Duchesne. And then that's we haven't even talked about how incredible of a goaltender he is. Another one of the most entertaining goaltenders I've ever seen in my life. The 86 run with the Habs when he was a rookie, like no one knew who this guy was yet. And then he goes in there, wins the Stanley Cup as a rookie goaltender. Fucking incredible. Does it again in 93. And then the legendary trade. I mean, getting fucking shelled by the Detroit Red Wings. Won't get pulled. They finally take him out. And he's like, I'm never playing for the Habs again. Trade me now. Goes to the Hab or goes to the Abs and wins two more Stanley Cups. Like, oh my god, dude. Patrick Law is so fucking awesome. The Jeremy Roenick thing. Oh, I cannot hear what uh, Jeremy said because I have two Stanley Cup uh, plugging my ear. I mean, oh my god, dude. The little French Canadian. He's so... Oh, Patrick Waugh, dude. Like, if sadly, I mean, it might be at the point now that people may not, you know, remember Patrick Waugh, but thankfully I was there for kind of his big heydays in the early 2000s where, you know, the Avs and Detroit. I was definitely involved in all of that rivalry and Patrick Waugh, man. What a freaking, oh, the time he got caught hot dogging. Literally one of the greatest saves I've ever seen in my life. Like, he was swimming net wide open and he fucking dives and glove saves it, but he. Goes to flash the leather, and he's, like, trying to show it off, like, oh, baby, I just robbed you. And he dropped the puck, and they fucking put it in the net, and he's just devastated. But that that was one of the greatest saves I've ever seen, and they never talk about it because of the blunder, obviously. But, oh, my God, dude, Patrick, and, oh, the most iconic, one of the most iconic-looking saves, I think, was in that 86 run, where he's, like, fucking 10 feet above the blue and he makes that huge like sprawling leg split glove save like oh my god dude Patrick Waugh love that guy I hope he comes back in the NHL as a coach they've been you know he just won the Memorial Cup or something like that and there's been talks of him coming back to the NHL but nothing has happened as of yet but god I would love that to happen Next up, we got one of the Detroit Red Wings greats, probably, possibly the greatest of all time, Steve Yezierman. Oh my goodness. So this kind of started because of my first ever girlfriend. She was all about the Detroit Red Wings. Loved Steve Yezierman, loved Brandon Shanahan, just loved the Detroit Red Wings. And at the time, I was like bleeding blue at that point like so diehard of a Leaf fan but they got to me man I really enjoyed we would watch some of the Detroit games and they were so fucking good man like from 2002 onwards like they had so many good players Lidstrom and Dadzuk Zetterberg like Cronwall I mean Jesus there's just so many good Detroit players I couldn't help it I mean they were just so good and entertaining to watch and at a time you know during their big amazing time through 2002 to 2009 or whatever you know the Leafs weren't very good so going from watching uh, the Leafs getting their asses kicked and watching Detroit just like kind of play with their food a little bit and Steve Yeiserman being at the front of that I mean 
Captain Captain Clutch, and then his GM career. I'm absolutely just smitten with his GM abilities, what he did for Tampa Bay, and what he's doing right now for the Detroit Red Wings. And I feel like it's only a matter of time before we see Steve Yzerman possibly lifting the Stanley Cup as the GM of the Detroit Red Wings, which would be fucking amazing, man. Everything that he did for the Red Wings taking them finally to a Stanley Cup win after so many years of being kind of the the butt end of the joke in the NHL, the Dead Wings era, like not a good time. And Steve Yzerman was, you know, in that Detroit Red Wing team, kind of in the same boat that the Leafs are in now, like young team with all these young stars, oh, they just can't get it done. They're too focused on points. And then Yzerman, I always, I'm just always going to call him Yzerman fucking goddamn that video. Um... But he, he changed. He became more focused on winning instead of putting up big numbers. And he wins a whole bunch of Stanley Cups. What, four Stanley Cup wins? Four or five? Like, awesome. I, I really enjoy Steve Yzerman. And I still get to enjoy him now as a GM. And I love the stories, uh, especially the one on Chicklets, where he was, like, giving one of the younger players a hard time about smoking weed. And now there's that whole ongoing joke about Steve Yzerman just ripping bong hits during interviews and shit. Love the guy. He is incredible. Also, that incredibly iconic slap shot goal from, like, mid from center ice. And he just fucking wired that motherfucker top cheese. Like, oh, my God. Steve Yeiserman, dude. I absolutely love this guy. He's so freaking good. A lot of guys, like, I really enjoyed guys that were number 19. That was also a thing that was going on. Next up, we got another goaltender. It is Mika freaking Kiprasov. I mean, so cool. So calm, so cool, collective, so freaking good in net, man. I love this guy. Uh, one of the coolest names I think ever I've ever seen in the in the NHL. Like Kiprasov sounds like Microsoft, but I don't know. He was just the Kipper, man. He's just fucking Kipper. I always remember that that one game where there's the the fan in the crowd, the young fan, and he's dressed up like just like Kiprasov. He's got the pads, he's got the, all the equipment, he's even got a little beard like painted on. He's got all the mannerisms of how he sprays the water on his face. And I was like, dude, I I want to be that kid. Like I'm on, I'm with that kid. Like I I would love that. I would love to have his equipment and wear it and shit like that. And I I'll always remember there was a summer or two there where you know Kiprasov was getting a bit older and there were some rumors that he might have became a Toronto Maple Leaf and he just didn't really want to leave Calgary. Understandably, he's just you know don't blame him. The Leafs weren't all that good, but they definitely could have used his help at that time. Really needed a goaltender, but man, I would have loved that. But him, uh, Kiprasov, and another player we'll talk about in a moment was a main reason why I'm a fan of Calgary now. And I'll never forget that 03-04 run, and uh, I'll never, ever forget that run because of that goal that wasn't a goal, even though it was a goal, but it seriously wasn't a fucking goal, and Calgary should have won that goddamn Stanley Cup. Kiprasov should have been a Stanley Cup champion. Aginla should have been a Stanley Cup champion, and now they're both retired without Stanley Cups, and I'm super sad about that. Anyway... Kiprasov, I mean, that dude was freaking awesome. Love the guy. Such an incredibly consistent goaltender. And he played for my second favorite team of all time. So, yeah, big deal. Next up, we got one of the Toronto Maple Leafs, even though he wasn't there for a long time. It's Alexander McGillney. I mean, even without the, even, like, it didn't, it's not just because he was a Leaf. I mean, the rookie season when he showed up, scored like 76 goals in his rookie season. Absolutely lighting it up. I loved the injection of the Russian players like Fedorov and all the other ones that were on Detroit. They're 
of all the offs and then McGillney, dude. McGillney immediately grabbed my attention. I just thought he was so cool. The number 89 is awesome. I love that number. And it's great because uh, my buddy Billy and I, we have the... We, we even had the exact same poster. Like, I went to his house, and I was like, holy shit, dude, I have the exact same McGillney poster. And he might be a bigger McGillney fan than I am, but I was just like, dude, we're best friends. And we, we like all the same things, and Alexander McGillney is probably our favorite skater. I mean, he's, you know, we won't worry about it, but McGillney, dude his story of getting to Russia, like, it took me a long time to even hear about that, but he he had to, like, escape gunfire and, like, just to come here and play for the NHL, and it still baffles me that McGillney is not in the Hall of Fame, absolutely deserves to. I'm kind of hoping that whenever Ovechkin goes in, they kind of go in together. I think that would be really cool, because maybe we wouldn't have a guy like Ovechkin in the league if McGillney never came over. Maybe the Russians would just, you know, not find it worth it to come over to North America and play here for all that hassle that McGillney had to go through. But Jesus, man, he dominated with the Buffalo Sabres. The only thing that makes me sad is his ending in the NHL. Like, he kind of finished out there with New Jersey, kind of quietly, and then just disappeared. But absolutely love Alexander McGillney. Next up, who's next? We got my boy. It's Jerome Aginla. I mean, the dude was probably one of the biggest stars in the league at the time when I started watching in like the early 2000s. And then I watched, that was the the first Stanley Cup that I just, I watched every series and I followed Calgary because the Leafs got taken out in the second round by Philadelphia. So then I latched on to Calgary and watching Jerome Ginla and Kiprasov and fucking uh, Regeer and guys like uh, Commodore and oh my God, dude. Uh, Conroy, who is now the GM, like, huh, that was a fun team, man. And Jerome Aginla is just a superhero to me, a superman on the ice. He did everything, score 50, put up 100 points. Well, I don't know if he ever put up 100, but he was amazing. He would rock you with big hits. He'd fucking kick your ass. He would, he just did it all, man. He would just did it all. Sadly, the only thing he wasn't able to do was win a Stanley Cup. And honestly, I think it's just because, like, Though those Calgary teams were solid, I think Jerome and Kiprasov uh, dragged those teams a little bit further, and they didn't have the strongest teams surrounding him. There was never like an amazing superstar center that was playing with Jerome Ginla, but they went far a few times, and goddamn, I was so sad watching Jerome leave Calgary, go to Boston, and miss, go to fucking Colorado and just have a terrible time there, go to Boston and just not winning Stanley Cups, and it was so sad just kind of watching him miss out, like, oh, you just went, you went to the wrong team that year, oh, you were there and you left, and oh, it was so sad to watch Jerome's career come to an end without a Stanley Cup, and how desperate he was trying to get that cup, and he just consistently, he played I think until he was about 40 years old. Like, he went for a really long time. And, you know, some people think that he went on a little bit too long. And sure, why not? But can you blame the guy? He really wanted that Stanley Cup, man. And I think he, I think in 04, it should have been his cup. Should have been, you know, his con Smythe. It should have been Jer- the year of Jerome Aginla. That was incredible. He's on the cover of one of my favorite NHL video games, NHL 03. So, and... Jerome Ginla, baby, and there's only one other player that I I like a little bit more, and that is Ed Belfour. Goaltender, 
this is the guy that got me into it. This is the guy. I well, it. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that it wasn't Dominic Hasek, but it was the 1999 Finals, Buffalo versus Dallas, and it was basically Ed Belfour versus Hasek, and Belfour came out ahead. He won, and Belfour is an incredible goalie, one of the top five greatest goaltenders of all time in terms of wins and success. He has a Stanley Cup. And I love the guy. He's an absolute character. Um, you should look up some of the stories of, you know, he liked to drink. He liked to have a good time, have a couple brewskis, have a good time, maybe get in a fight or two. But dude's an absolute character. The Eddie the Eagle, the the mask, it's it's my favorite mask of all time. I absolutely adore it. And I always like the wishbone design that he always had on his blocker and his, and his goalie pads. I don't know if it's a wishbone, but that's what it always reminded me of. I always thought of it for good luck. And I just love... I love Eddie Belfort, man. I got his rookie card. I I loved his hair way back in the 90s when he was playing with Chicago. He had this ridiculously long, curly mullet coming out of that fucking goalie mask. He looked awesome. And he was incredible for Chicago as well. I mean, Chicago had some fucking goaltenders. And the crazy thing was, uh, Chicago actually had Ed Belfort and Dominic Hasek at the same time. And they chose Belfort, which, I mean... He won the Calder when he came in. He was incredible right out of the gate. Like, the second Belfort entered the league, he was the fucking man. Went to Dallas, wins the Stanley Cup, and he almost won two. They went to the finals again. They almost got it done there twice. And he was awesome in freaking Dallas. I was in love with the guy. I mean, the mask drew me in, obviously. His bright blue eyes. I mean, that that look of intensity that he always had. And then he became a Toronto freaking Maple Leaf. And I went insane. Got his jersey. That's the first jersey I ever bought. Even though, I will admit, I was going for McGillney. I wanted a McGillney. They didn't have it. But Ed Belfour, I was like, I'll take Eddie. There's no, I don't really have any problem with that. I still have that jersey today. I will never, ever get rid of it. My old CCM, Eddie Belfour, white. It is gorgeous. It's it's not in the best shape, but I love it to death. And, man, Eddie Belfour. So many iconic saves that he made. There was one I'll never forget. It was against Ottawa in the first round. And he made what they call a snow cone save. And it was on the front page of the sun. I remember seeing it. And it was Eddie making an incredible glove save. And the puck is just, just barely in his glove. It's like just... Oh, it was just an incredible save. I loved Ed Belfour. And, like, even at that time when he became a Leaf, he was, people thought he was done. Like, he came to Toronto, everyone's like, oh, he's overpaid, he's well over the moon. And no, he was one of the best goaltenders that they ever had. And I would say probably the best goalie that they, I don't think there's ever, we've had a better goalie since Ed Belfour. We've had some close ones. I think Freddie Anderson was a great goaltender, but not better than Eddie. And even though, I think Eddie was only there for three years or so, and then the back problems started to happen. He really injured his back. I think at the time he was 40 when uh, he had another back surgery. And then he went to Florida. And then, yeah, it just kind of, he fizzled out. The injuries were too much. But an amazing career, an amazing goaltender, a crazy fun personality. I absolutely adore Ed Belfour. One of my, well, he is my favorite goaltender and my favorite player of all time. Eddie you go into my 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 room. There's a lot of Ed Belfour stuff. Got the jersey. Got numerous pictures. I got a goaltender stick. I used to have a his co-host stick with uh, you know Eddie on it and shit, but that broke a long time ago. I I have my buddy. Not even long, like just two years ago, he found an Ed Belfour, uh, like you know the toy or whatever the f- action figure. I don't know what the fuck they're called statue, and he bought me that because he he just. 
just knew how much I love Ed Belfour, and I fucking went nuts for it. I love Ed Belfour. That's my boy. Always going to be my boy, and fuck yeah. So that is my 10 favorite players that are currently not playing. <sighs> should we Should we do my 10 favorite active players? Um... Yeah, we'll do that, and then next week we're going to start diving into the preseason stuff. We're going to start looking at the teams. I think it's a little bit early because teams are still... There's still some big names out there, and there's still some big deals. I'm waiting for Winnipeg to do something crazy, and then the Eric Carlson thing just happened. So we'll wait one more week, and then we'll get into the uh, the season previews. I already have all my predictions laid out. Like, I have everybody here in what position I think they're going to finish at. But if some big moves happen, then I'm going to have to make an adjustment or two. So... We'll finish off with my 10 favorite players that are still playing today. Start at number 10, Jack Campbell. Soupy baby. The dude, I fell in love with the guy when he was a Toronto Maple Leaf. I was rooting for this dude, even when he got drafted. I remember this guy vividly in the NHL games, this young goaltender that used to get good in a lot of the NHL games. And then he fell off a cliff, kind of disappeared, and then out of nowhere he reemerges, becomes a Toronto Maple Leaf. I think he, he was in L.A. at the time. Didn't work out in Dallas, and he was an early first-round draft pick, and then he was like 14th overall in the first round. Goaltenders don't go in the first round very often, so there was a lot of hype behind Jack Campbell. And when he finally became, when he became a Toronto Maple Leaf, like boom, we saw that potential, that you know, that first-round potential that he got drafted for, and he was an awesome Leaf man. I absolutely adored the guy. The team adored him. He would fucking smack everyone's ass, high-fiving everybody, thanking everybody. His interviews were so sweet. He's such a sweet fucking guy. I love him, and I still love him. I'm rooting, rooting, rooting for him so hard in Edmonton. It breaks my heart to see him struggle right now in Edmonton, but I think he's got it, man. I I saw a lot of good things in that playoff run with the Edmonton Oilers. Even though he didn't get to play all that much, he looked really, really good, and he's just got to get that confidence. His big thing is once he loses his confidence... He is really bad at beating himself up. And, I mean, I can relate to that. I'm, I'm very bad for that myself. So, again, just another thing that I can relate to with Jack Campbell. And I really understand the guy where he's coming from sometimes. Jack Campbell, love that guy. Next up, we got a guy who I feel is underrated and not really talked about. But, I mean, he's a very, very quiet, under-the-radar kind of player. And that is Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor is a guy that I basically fell in love with because of fantasy hockey. I would always get this guy always get him kind of later than you would expect and he would always produce for me always 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 so consistent and every year I'm like oh he's gonna get 50 this year he's gonna get 50 and he gets close he gets really close but he's very consistent and I love consistency and Kyle Connor is one of the most consistent he has never let me down in terms of fantasy and I really really enjoy Kyle Connor the player he's number 81 uh we'll be talking about another number 81 in a little bit here but Kyle Connor, I mean, I think he should get some more respect put on his name. He's one of the best goal scorers in the league. I mean, he's very, very consistent goal scorer. And it might be a tough year for him this season if he's going to lose uh, Shifley. But who knows? Maybe he steps up even more. I wouldn't be surprised because Kyle Connor's freaking awesome. Next up. We got Nazem Kadri. So I have a long history with Nazem Kadri. I've I've been I've been a fan. Uh, well, I mean, I wasn't a fan of his at the beginning. It took me a while to uh, enjoy Nazem Kadri. So he, I was here for when he got drafted. I was very very excited. I was a huge London Knights fan for some reason. Uh, it would always be on TV sometimes, and I would just watch the London Knights destroy bitches, and and Kadri was on them. And the Leafs drafted him, so I was like, oh shit, I know this guy. And I got so excited when he finally. Became 
became a Leaf, started playing on the roster, and then he started driving me nuts, man. He started driving me so crazy. He was always trying to do way more, like way too much, trying to do these crazy dekes, and he would always get, lose the puck, and it was so frustrating. But once Babcock got his hands on him, that's when he became like one of my favorites. Became this defensive center, scoring 30 goals on the third line. Fucking loved Kadri. That little bit of snarl, that little bit of assholiness. And then the suspension started happening. So I definitely had like my ups and downs. Loved him when he was fucking scoring 30. That was great. Who doesn't love that? But then started getting the suspensions. Which obviously made everybody very upset. I mean, some of them were just overblown. Like, it was obviously the referees were after Kadri. They did not like him very much. And even that one year was really fun where he was kind of in the Selkie conversation. I mean, at least amongst us Leaf fans, we thought that he was deserving of at least um, in that talk anyway. But Nazem Kadri, the ending with the Toronto Maple Leafs, it didn't end very good. But to watch him go on to Colorado and then win that Stanley Cup and how important he was to that Stanley Cup and you can see that now that he's not uh, in Colorado they definitely are missing him over there it's not that he was the main guy that won it but he was definitely very very important to that team and I love his story and you know he didn't have an easy life growing up and um, yeah I just really really respect that player he is awesome I know he's not everybody's favorite and he can definitely ruffle some feathers every now and again but now that he's a Calgary Flame like oh man like how perfect is that played for my favorite team the Leafs and now my second favorite team the Flames even though his first season there wasn't what everyone was hoping for honestly it was exactly what I was kind of expecting from him did not expect him whatsoever to do what he did in Colorado but um, I'm happy that he is a Calgary Flame and I really really like Kadri next up we got a guy that I almost forgot to put on my list thankfully I was talking to my buddy Kyle and he's like dude you don't have Nathan McKinnon on your list I was like oh my god what am I thinking Nathan McKinnon gotta have freaking Kenners on the list the guy is a psychopath a little bit he's a little bit crazy first overall pick and it took him a little bit to get there but oh man once he got there he is one of the most entertaining players he might be my favorite one to watch like every time he is on the ice he is so noticeable he is so freaking fast he just explodes down the wing and his shot is so powerful and accurate every time he shoots it i'm like oh god that that could go every shot i'm scared everything that he does it scares me every time he talks his intensity scares me i love the guy nathan mckinnon one of the most entertaining players he is so ferocious so intense and yeah i mean he's definitely deserving to be the highest paid player in the league for at least this year and fuck yeah hopefully he can win another cup i, I would love to see him and crosby play on the same team at some point that would be really fun maybe if crosby finishes out this contract he can go over and just play with mckinnon for a little bit that would be dope next up we got of course you gotta have alexander ovechkin i mean Ovi baby Probably the greatest goal I've ever seen scored is the the one where he fell over, and that was just absolutely fucking insane. I was like, that. once he did that, I was like, that's it. This guy's insane, and then you just, you gotta love a goal scorer. I mean, Ovi, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, and now he's chasing Gretzky's record, and I'm all about it. I'm like, I want him to break it so bad. Gretzky wants him to break it. Everyone wants him to break it, and... 
I think Ovechkin is, uh, I think there's a, that's a good guy to do it. And, oh, dude, the, when he won his Stanley Cup, that was so special. Though we were rooting for Vegas, I, well, my wife was. She definitely was rooting for Vegas. She predicted Vegas was going to win from the beginning, and which is insane. But once Vegas went up against Ovechkin, I was like, I can't root against Ovi. He has to win this Stanley Cup. And when he did... Boy, howdy, did he not, us, not let us down with that celebration. He was drunk for three months straight, and he was an animal. I mean, Ovechkin, still an animal today. He can hit people, he can fight. Knocked out Svechnikov with one punch, which is upsetting, because Svechnikov's one of my other favorite players. Didn't quite make the list, but and it might be because of that knockout punch, but Ovechkin, dude, like, come on. And I will say now Crosby's not on this list. I've always preferred Ovechkin much more. I will say that Crosby is the better hockey player, but Ovechkin substantially more entertaining. And, oh, there's this one video that always makes me giggle. He's riding around on a, one of those fucking carts or whatever. Not a golf cart. Didn't have a roof on it, but he was riding around in it with Nick Backstrom. And, like, a gate was coming down, and he's, like, going for it anyway. And he almost decapitates himself. Like, Backstrom ducks, and Ovi's just no fear. Doesn't even move his head, and he just whacks right into the fucking goddamn door. Anyway, Ovechkin. How can you not love the guy? He's amazing. The Russian machine. Like, still going strong. Like, he barely misses any games. He's like 37, 38 now, and now we're starting to see almost like maybe 2% decline in his play. Like, the dude's unbelievable. I could see him playing till he's 47 years old, like, like Yager or something. Next up, we got Victor Hedman. Oh, my goodness. Just the most reliable, rarely ever makes a mistake. I can't help but love this guy. I've always wanted him to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. No way that the Lightning are ever going to let this guy go because, I mean, it, it was so clear to me how important Hedman was uh, once Columbus swept them in that first round and they didn't have Hedman and I feel like that is the main reason why they got destroyed I mean when Victor Hedman's not 100% or he's even like only 50% Hedman it really shows how important he is to the Tampa Bay Lightning man he is so freaking good he is so strong in front of the net he's massive he can pass he can shoot he can score he can fight he can hit he could do everything the guy is incredible and that's the kind of defenseman that I like the most like he really has no weaknesses there's no weaknesses in Victor Hedman's game though last season was not his best year I think this season he's going to come right back be right in that Vez or not Vesna that Norris conversation because he's always he's been in that conversation for the last decade rightfully so but we are getting to that new era of some really really good defensemen and then the guy that was drafted right before Victor Hedman in his draft, it's John Tavares. And I know some people don't aren't the biggest fan of John Tavares right now, especially Islanders fans. They, they definitely don't like John Tavares and probably will never like him ever again. And then there's definitely the haters in, in the Leaf Nation that, that don't like John Tavares, but... I mean, Steve Dangle says it says it the best. He is the little thing king. Everything, every, if you look, you have to really look, pay attention to what John Tavares is doing to notice how good of a player he is because he's a very intelligent player. He doesn't have the greatest speed, so he has to be a lot smarter to 
you know, get around players and get past the defense. And he's really, really good at doing little things. And a whole bunch of little things will add up to this incredible play if you... You just got to watch him a little bit. And I, oh, man, I've been a fan of John Tavares all the way back to when he was playing for the Oshawa Generals. I grew up in Oshawa, so that was the guy. You hear all about this guy. Oh, John Tavares, he's so incredible. Goes first overall in the draft. And then, like, yeah, I didn't get to hear all that much about John Tavares. He definitely... He tried his best with the Islanders, and it's a real shame the way that it went down at the end of it. And he definitely kind of tarnished his legacy with the Islanders. Even though it wasn't much of a legacy, they only got to the playoffs once, and they never made it past the first round. So, But he became a Leaf. I lost my fucking mind the day that he signed. I remember that day so vividly. I was in a giant tiger, made a scene, fucking going nuts. And there was this one other girl in there that was equally going as crazy as I was about John Tavares signing with the Leafs. I love it. I mean, he's a hometown kid, guy, whatever the hell, and I've been a fan of his ever since before he got into the NHL. And for him to become the captain of my favorite team, I mean, that, that, I can't I can't say much more. I mean, I love John Tavares, and I, I don't like the way that he gets treated by the fans sometimes, and I know he's not the most flashy guy, and he's definitely boring in terms of interviews and personality, but I like him. I really like him. I got his jersey. I, and I'm a huge Don Tavares defender. I think he's a fantastic player. And I think, though, I mean, I honestly don't even think he's like the most overpaid guy. Like, yeah, $11 million right now is is a little bit high for him. But I think he would still easily get 7 to $8 million out there. He's still a, in and around a point of game player. So I don't know what the hatred is all about for John Tavares. I mean, maybe it's because he shot for the Stars that first season when he got like 47 goals or whatever. But... I mean, I was, I'm still just over the moon of about John Tavares, and I'm very happy that he's here, and I'm very happy to say that it looks like he's not leaving, even though that upsets people, I'm glad to have him here, I freaking love John Tavares, so leave him alone, be nice to John, he's a good guy, speaking of good guys, it's the, it's the other guy, it's, it's Austin Matthews, it's the poppy, it's poppy, can't, can't not love this guy, he's, the greatest Leaf that I've ever seen play. I mean, you know, Matt Sundin was amazing, and he just misses this list. I mean, Matt Sundin, I have tons of respect and appreciation for. It's just, I when I was when he was a Leaf, I was always more of a McGillney defender. I was like, oh, I know Matt Sundin. Everyone loved him, and I was oh, I was spending more time defending other players over Sundin. But I still, I love Sundin. Don't don't get me wrong, but. Austin Matthews, I mean, 60-goal season. He's got the personality. He's got he's got the swag, bro. He's got the best... Justin Bieber's his best friend. And I lost my mind when the Leafs got the first overall pick, and they got him. I was just like, holy... I, got, I was so freaking excited. That was probably the most excited I've been in, like, 10 years as a Leaf fan. And <laughs> for him to come in... Debut game, scoring four fucking goals, and the, and the worst thing about it, I was supposed to be at that game. I was gonna go to that game, but I couldn't get the day off of work, and I was being a little bitch, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't just skip work and go. He scores four goals, and I'll never forget it. And I have a poster of that four goals, so I'll never forget that time I fucked up and didn't go to that game. But I mean, you you can't have a better debut than that. I lost my mind in that game, and he's by far the most entertaining. Well, at least for me, Martiner's pretty damn entertaining too. Definitely not on my list. Not even close to my favorite player. Uh, personality is a big reason why I don't like Marner. Uh, Playing wise, he's fantastic. But 
Matthews, just so fucking cool, so awesome. Really, I'm just dying for him to have success in the playoffs. It'd be so amazing to see, but... Austin Matthews, I freaking love that guy. I have three of his jerseys now, uh, mostly by accident. I mean, my buddy Billy, he bought me one. I got one online. It was like, it was, I got a St. Pat's for like $25, couldn't say no. And then I had to buy one of the Justin Bieber ones. I just thought it was fucking cool. So, Austin Matthews, done. Next up. It's my favorite current leaf. It is Morgan Riley and the longest serving leaf. I mean, oh my goodness. Was it, I didn't have like the crazy hype when they first drafted him. I was obviously quite excited. I mean, it's a top five pick and you're like, oh, fuck yeah. We got Luke Shen and now we got Morgan Riley. This could be cool. I, oh, fuck. I don't even know if fucking Luke Shen was there by the time Morgan Riley got there. But Morgan Riley, I've adored the guy since he first started playing. Young little spry kid. And now he is this like battle warm warrior like the just the imagery of of his performance last year it, with two black eyes he was beaten bloodied and beaten down still scoring all the goals he was the best player by far in the playoffs last season for the Leafs and I know there's again another Leaf that is definitely uh I, I don't want to say he's the whipping boy because there's definitely been he might end up being the whipping boy this year now that Justin Hall is gone, but yeah, there's definitely people that are very hard on Morgan Riley. I even admit that I don't think he's quite a top two defenseman. He's definitely a top two defenseman for the Leafs because he's the best defenseman that we've had, but I think on other teams or even championship teams, he would be an, one of the best top four defensemen that you can find, but he's a serviceable top two, and he's been a serviceable top two defenseman for the Leafs for a very long time, and for a very long time more. I am very happy with the contract that he signed. It's scary because it's so long, and he's you know he's been through the ringer, and he's going through some injuries, and last season wasn't his greatest, mostly because of injuries, but then the playoffs, he was an animal, and that's our animal, and I love Morgan Riley. By far, well, not by far, but by far my favorite Leaf defenseman on the team. I adore Morgan Riley. I will always defend Morgan Riley. And I'm hoping that he's going to stay for, for his whole entire career. I would argue I think he should have been the captain uh, during that little bit of a situation there where they're choosing the captain. I think in hindsight, Morgan Riley should have been the guy. I understand why they picked John Tavares. I mean, he's already got a big track record of being a captain. And sadly, Morgan probably won't be the next captain of the Leafs either if Matthews decides he's going to sign like a eight-year deal or something. It's more than likely going to be his team, but... In my heart, it's Morgan's team, and he's the longest-serving Leaf, so he's he's my fucking boy. But there's only one guy that I adore a little bit more than Morgan Riley, and if you follow along with this podcast or if my friends are listening to this right now, they probably know the answer already, and that is Philadelphia Kessel, baby. Phil the Thrilladelphia Kessel, my all-time favorite player of all time. I've been... I've been a huge fan of Phil Kessel long before it was cool to like Phil Kessel. Let me tell you, I was the hugest, I was the biggest defender of Phil Kessel during all those years that everyone was shitting on him. The the All Star draft where he was picked last, I was I was upset. I was like, God damn it! But Phil is 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 totally cool of being the butt end of the joke. He is now a NHL legend in terms of locker rooms. I mean, everywhere he goes. His teammates adore him. He's got all these legendary stories, and he's just a fucking character. You got to look it up a little bit to find his character, because he's a pretty quiet, private guy, but Phil Kessel, my beacon of hope during the awful Leaf era where there was really nothing good going on, but loved watching Phil Kessel bomb down the wing, bomb a shot through fucking 20 people, and get it through, and it goes in. 
always been a playoff performer for the Leafs when the one time they made it, he was fucking fantastic. The leap for when he went off to Pittsburgh, and I will say right now, I cried. I cried when he got traded to the for for when he left the Leafs. I was very very sad and. And from the beginning, people were very mean to Kessel in Toronto because of because of that the price that the Leafs paid. That's not his fault. He didn't make the goddamn trade. That's Brian Burke's fault. So if anyone, if you're going to be mad at someone, it should be Brian Burke. But Phil Kessel, dude, I loved watching that guy during the really shitty Leaf era. I loved watching him go on to win two Stanley Cups in a row. And I I still think that he should have been the con Smythe on that first one. No disrespect to Crosby, but you guys weren't winning that cup without Gethel. I mean, come on. That HBK line was unbelievable. He wins another cup now with Vegas and... I have him, he could arguably be on my retired list right now because right now he's not signed with anybody. I imagine someone's going to sign him and I would love more than anything in the world for him to sign a league men contract with the Leafs and just just come back. Just for me, for me, Phil. Please come back for me. So that's my list. Phil Kessel, by far my favorite player of all time. Always going to be, love the guy. I mean, not only, like, you know, he also had testicular cancer when he was with the Bruins still, and he battled through that, and he's still an incredible player, just a natural athlete. People think that he's lazy, and he doesn't train and all that stuff, and he, all he does is eat hot dogs. I can tell you for a fact, he does not do that. He's a, he's an animal. He's an absolute animal. He's in the NHL, and uh, yeah, so... Phil Kessel, my favorite player of all time, and that's my list. So I think we're going to cut it off here. We're going to wait until next week to start the previews and all that stuff. My apologies, but love to hear who are your favorite players, rather playing now or not playing. Let me know. I'd love to hear about it. And you can go back and listen to the this week's GX GamerCast, which was on NHL games. So you got your NHL fix this week, that's for sure. Lots of NHL stuff going through my history of playing NHL games from the beginning all the way till now, how I feel about the NHL games. So you can go back and check that one out or any of the previous GX GamerCasters. What, I think, what, 60 of them now? We're in the 60s or 50s or something like that. 50 of them, you can go back and check out a whole bunch of variety there. Old games, new games, top 10s, versus, retrospectives, all that stuff. So you can go back and check those out. These also always get uploaded to YouTube now, so it's a great place if you have questions, comments, anything like that for the podcast. You have a question, I'll answer it live on the podcast if you want me to. Great place to leave it. You can leave a question on Twitter, YouTube comment. There's an email address you can send them into as well. I would love that that would be fantastic and thank you everybody for listening you can oh i also have a SummerSlam review of the most recent wwe pay-per-view so you can go back and check that one out as well subscribe to the youtube channel leave a review please and thank you for this podcast if you if you wouldn't mind it would really help me out let me know if you are enjoying the podcast if you have some topics that you would like me to talk about just fucking send them in and maybe i'll talk about them and that would be really fun all right so thanks everybody so much for listening we'll be back again soon with more GX Plus Cast.